You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. in studio today with uh, two wonderful folks, Patricia Enright, Chief Librarian, and Monica Stewart, uh, Board Chair and Chair of the Central Branch Project Committee for the Kingston Frontenac Public Library. And uh, they are here to talk about the uh, upcoming reopening of the Central Branch on Johnson Street on March 23rd, 2019. So let's uh, tune in for this interview with Patricia and Monica. But before we dive right in, let's have a listen to I Could Write a Book by Ella Fitzgerald. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, I never learned to spell, at least not well. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I never learned to count a great amount. But my busy mind is burning to use what learning I've got. I won't waste any time. I'll strike while the iron is hot. If they asked me, I could write a book About the way you walk and whisper and look I could write a preface on how we met so the Tell them that I love you a lot And the world discovers As my book ends How to make two lovers a Love you a lot. And 
right, so I am welcoming Patricia Enright, the Chief Librarian for the Kingston Frontenac Public Library, in addition to Monica Stewart, the Board Chair and uh, Chair of the Central Branch Project Committee for the Kingston Frontenac Public Library in studio today. Welcome, Patricia and Monica. Thank you, Dinah. So uh, tell us about yourselves and your roles with uh, Kingston Frontenac Public Library. So um, I've been working in public libraries for almost 30 years as a librarian, and uh, I've been the chief librarian at the Kingston Frontenac Public Library since uh, 2012, and before that I was manager of children's, teens, and rural services uh, starting in 2004. Um, so it's really been a, a wonderful um, opportunity to, to work in public libraries, and it's something I, I think we have such a, an important role in our communities, and I'm, I'm glad to be part of it. And how about you, Monica? Well, I've been very happy to have been involved with the Board of Directors um, of the Public Library for, um, I think it's about 15 years now. And um, I have just uh, recently taken on the chair and uh, honored to do that. Um, and of course, I'm also a user of the Public Library, which is really the fun part of things as well. Wonderful. Now, we're all very excited to hear that the Central Branch on Johnson Street will be reopening as of uh, March 23rd. Uh, what work has been undertaken at the library since the renovations began? So, Donna, just to start with a bit of um, kind of history, the Central Branch opened in 1978. Mm -hmm. And back in 2004, the, the library board uh, kind of undertook a um, uh, a branch services review and at that time the central branch was described as not being consistent with current standards so library standards and we were increasingly at odds with user expectations so basically we just weren't meeting our our, our patrons needs mm -hmm. and so in the 15 years since that uh, the, the branch services review was written uh, public libraries have faced and are continuing to face <clears throat> excuse me a period of, of, of unprecedented change and much of it is driven by emerging technologies, which is impacting everyone, mm -hmm. and people's changing lifestyles and, and how they use public libraries. So the renovation project was uh, initially driven by the need to replace and update our aging infrastructure. Uh, we had done an asset study and all of the um, our building systems, so our HVAC, um, heating, ventilation, air conditioning, our electrical systems were on the kind of at the end of their life cycle or had gone past their life cycle. And the other thing is we also wanted to improve accessibility. So um, a lot of our, our washrooms were um, accessible, our, our, our stacks were too close together. So if you were say in a, a mobile age, you couldn't get through. Mm. And we also wanted to address some um, operational inefficiencies. But we also saw all of that as an opportunity to really revitalize the building and to redefine its role in, in downtown Kingston and really um, to work kind of with our partners to really, again, work on its potential. So one of the things that we wanted to do when we, we did the renovation was that we wanted um, a design that would invite our, our citizens um, and residents into the building through a strong visual and spatial connection with the street. We also wanted to connect them with the library's collections and to create a space that supports exploration, discovery, creativity, and learning. And uh, we really wanted, as we said in our building program, we wanted the central branch to be an experience full of possibilities. So we're also pleased that the building will achieve um, LEED certification. And so LEED is one of the most uh, popular green building certification programs used worldwide. And it is something that uh, the city of Kingston strives for in all of its, its buildings. 
Great, thank you very much. So can you tell us about the new installations or perhaps uh, the resources and spaces that patrons can expect to encounter when the doors reopen? So we're really excited about some of the changes. Um, so a lot of it you won't see because it is Behind like the, the scenes. Behind the scenes, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, get excited about the new sprinkler system. But we do have <laughs> um, a lot of other wonderful things going on. So we have changed um, some of the uses of, of the space. So the first place will be a uh, first uh, floor will be a really dynamic space. And for we're looking for exploration, creativity and learning. So our children's librarian uh, library has moved from the uh, second floor down to the first floor. Uh, we're having a new programming and maker space on the first floor. Um, adult fiction and magazine collections. We also have computers, uh, a new teen area, and the Friends of the Library are going to be operating a retail space. So the first floor is also um, something called we're, we're calling the Marketplace, and that is going to showcase new and current interest titles. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to serve as kind of a transition to the more focused collections and special services on the second floor. So we really uh, wanted to almost zone the building. So the, the first floor, as I said, will be very dynamic and exciting. And one of the things that we heard from um, people who use the building was that they, they also wanted some quiet space where they could go and study or work. And so that's going to be very much the second floor. So that's where the uh, adult nonfiction collection will be. And also we have... Um, we play an important role in preserving and celebrating local history. So the second floor will also house our local history and genealogy collections. And a lot of those have been developed with our community partners. So there's going to be a few small quiet study spaces mm -hmm. or where people can use for collaboration. And then we also have a meeting room complex on the second floor. So that is something um, people really look to us um, for that space where, as I said, they can either meet or collaborate or just quiet study space. All right. So with the new and dynamic spaces uh, that are going to be opened at the library, can you tell us about some of the new and perhaps renewed programs that the Central Branch will offer once it reopens? So uh, last fall, we, we did ask uh, the community what they would like to see in terms of maker and technology programs. And so we were, we're excited to have uh, programming and maker space on that first floor. So one of the things that we, um, people really got excited about knitting and other crafts. And we're also going to be, um, so that'll be the focus in January, February, um, just slightly before we open. But in March, we're also going to be um, looking at photography. And we have some wonderful mentors from the community who are coming in and offering those programs. Uh, the other thing is we're also uh, going to be working with the Kingston's uh, Poet Laureate. So Jason Eru is going to provide one-on-one -on -one mentoring and creative writing workshops at the Central Branch mm -hmm. and at another location. And we're just working on the final details. Um, in April, we're also going to be working with uh, Viva Voce and the Juventus Festival. Okay. And so that's um, Viva Voce is a coffee house style storytelling event that gives young people ages 13 to 30 the opportunity to share their stories in any artistic medium. And it's curated, as I said, in partnership with the Juventus Youth Arts Festival. And this is a special edition of Viva Voce, and it's an opportunity for audiences to learn more about the May 2019 festival. Okay. And again, we, we're also continuing with our children's program. So there might be parents and caregivers here at Queen's who um, are interested in our range of early literacy programs. So we will be continuing with our Saturday family story times, um, Baby and Me, Play to Learn, Rhythm and Rhyme. And we also will have the Art of Illustration program for ages eight and up. 
So those are just a few of the programs that we'll be offering. It sounds exciting. Very excited for you. And now with uh, with getting back to some of the logistical aspects of uh, this massive project that the library has undertaken for quite some time, um, what kinds of logistical work actually lay behind, uh, say, the movement and storage of the library's collections and equipment? What does that look like? It it was quite daunting, and uh, so we we had you know forty years of of materials in the in the building, and we we really don't like to throw anything out because mm-hmm. we might be able to use it. So, um, but as one of our staff members said, um, the the central branch is about sixty two thousand square feet, and it's the uh, kind of equivalent of moving thirty houses. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a bit daunting. Um, so one of the, of course, uh, the moving our collections. And so we moved our local history and genealogy collections to the Isabel Turner branch. Uh, some of the collections were housed at our temporary storefront location um, downtown on Wellington Street. Um, and then we also had warehouse space. And mm-hmm. so that really, um, we we moved the packaged up the collection, uh, moved it there, had to set up all the shelving, and then we we had all the materials available so people could still have access through it if they put a reserve on it. So we would go, so so all that was set up almost like a library Mm -hmm. um, in in our warehouse space. Uh, we also have an extensive art collection, and so we had to package that up and move it. And we really appreciate the uh, support of the Agnes Etherington Art Center and the City of Kingston, who stored a lot of our art. Um, we also had a grand piano, and uh, so that moved to the Rideau Crest Center uh, for two years, and then we moved it back. And um, the movers, when we were moving it back, it took eight of them to get it up the stairs and into uh, into the meeting room. So that was they were showing me photos of that. So I think it was that was just just moving the piano alone, but. Um, we did really have um, 100,000 volumes to mm-hmm. move, and it took nine days and 10 to 12 movers, and they were working like 12-hour days. Uh, we also have a lot of technology, so it was moving servers and, and computers and getting those all set up. And I, I really want to acknowledge our system staff members who worked until like 3 o'clock one you know, Saturday morning to make sure that our systems were up and ready when, when all the branches opened at 9 o'clock. So... Um, it, it, it has, as I said, it was daunting, but um, everybody worked together and we, we managed to, to do it. So All right. Monica, did you have anything you wanted to add as chair of the Central Branch Project Committee? That I imagine there are a number of people that are also working behind the scenes to do the planning for all of that. We have been doing the planning. We've been working with the facilities management uh, people from the city of Kingston who have been amazing. Um, we have been very fortunate to have so many partners in the community who have helped um, and I, I would say it, it's been um, a long time meeting, planning, um, staff have been amazing throughout that whole time and we're just so happy that um, very soon we will open the new branch and everybody will be welcome to, uh, to come and see it. Fantastic. Now, uh, for our student, faculty, and Queen's alumni listeners out there, uh, what resources and services does the Kingston Frontenac Public Library offer them? So I think we have a lot of students and uh, members of the Queen's community who come to us for the recreational reading or viewing and listening. And we really have, as I said, extensive collections, uh, not only physical collections, but we're also growing our digital collections. So you can download e-books, e-audiobooks, magazines, films, and music. And they also use us for space, for study and collaboration. 
On that question, I just wanted to um, tell you a bit about what the library meant to me when I was a student and what it means to me today as I'm working at Queen's. Um, I found that it was a great place to get out of the Queen's bubble because you're just that bit removed and it's really a connection to the community. So I think a lot of students, as, as Patricia said, will go there and, and use the space. Um, I made um, use of the primary re resources in, in the library for, for projects that I did, um, essay projects at Queen's. Um, and I think also um, a lot of the, uh, the parents in the university community, so um, postdoc families, graduate student families, faculty families, they all gravitate to the wonderful programs that the library provides. And I've worked particularly with the new faculty families and I always make a point of encouraging them to get a library card because it's such a wonderful connection to the community. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's definitely a place where town and gown meet. Excellent. Now, uh, before the reopening, we understand that there's uh, a pop-up library at Artillery Park and, of course, there are four other branches around uh, the Kingston area that people can visit. Can you tell us about this pop-up library and where we can find the other branches? So, uh, we, as you said, we are offering a pop-up library at Artillery Park and it's open Monday to Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 10 to 4 p.m. Uh, we have a small collection of books there. Um, people can also pick up their reserved materials, so if there's something that you see, um, we, we We'll put it put it on reserve and then we'll send it there and you can pick it up there. Um, we have a few newspapers and we also have um, a computer. So if people need to and Wi-Fi as well. So <laughs> not quite a, you know, so trying to trying to hit a couple of different uh, services there. Um, and what we've heard from our staff is that it's been really well received. And we were kind of laughing. Apparently there's crossover between swimmers and readers. But, <laughs> so As long as they're not bringing the books, books in the water. That's right. And then, of course, we have uh, four other branches in the city of, of Kingston. So we have the Calvin Park branch, which is on Wright Crescent, the Isabel Turner branch, uh, which is just across from the Cataraqui Center. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have a branch on the east side of Kingston, the Pittsburgh branch. And we just opened up, um, a, it'll be a year in April, the Rito Heights branch at the Rito Heights Community Center. And we're really excited about that branch. And so we, one of the things that might appeal to people are there are three um, kind of study rooms there that um, people are making use of. And, and it, it also has a really wonderful collection and, and feel to the building. So Great. Uh, now, one thing I guess uh, that I should have asked uh, before when I was talking about logistics, uh, what partnerships has the library established uh, within the community, uh, perhaps with the city and uh, maybe private donors or something to make this uh, renovation project and the reopening happen? So we, we've really been uh, fortunate to receive um, a few donations. Uh, one is uh, from the Kingston Lions Club, and so they donated $100,000 wow. uh, for the children's area. And so there will be um, kind of in, um, early literacy interactives and other um, kind of interactives that promote uh, STEM principles. And some of the furniture is also sponsored by them. We also had um, a donation from um, Betty Dickinson in memory of her husband, who had been a librarian at the uh, the Kingston Public Library and now Kingston Frontenac Public Library. And also our friends of the library have also do donated uh, $25,000, and that's to um, help out with the programming in Makerspace. 
Wonderful. Yeah, we're very fortunate to have those kinds of partnerships. And um, it's been uh, exciting to see people coming and um, offering those kinds of partnerships because that shows us that people really do like the library a lot and value what's available. It has still many, many contributions to make. And as you said, uh, given that uh, there are so many changing technologies, but the library still has a place in the heart of the community, ultimately. Absolutely. That's great to hear. So what excites you most about the reopening? Well, I can see um, as, as um, a board member for a long time, we heard about leaks, heat and air conditioning breakdown, books getting wet. It'll be very exciting not to have to hear about that for a while because a lot of the <laughs> systems have been upgraded and um, that will be just, just such a load off our minds because we were really concerned um, and of course, on the super positive side, seeing the entire community making use of a wonderful place where they can learn and collaborate will be just the best thing ever. And I'm really looking forward to walking past the space and seeing people in there, um, seeing kids in the children's section and people using the space for whatever they, uh, they need um, and enjoy the many great programs that we have. Okay, how about you? I think we're just so excited about welcoming the community back. And as Monica said, you know, we had some challenges with the building before the renovation. And I think we've we've made changes that I, I hope will um, kind of enhance people's use of this of the space. And we can hardly wait to share it with with the community. <laughs> okay. And with the anticipated reopening for, I believe, Saturday, March 23rd, what kinds of uh, special activities will be taking place to celebrate the reopening? I know people get really excited. We will be having some speeches, which I know everybody comes out for. Speeches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, a ribbon cutting? Yeah, a, a ribbon cutting. We, we do like that. We, we actually have these uh, gold scissors that we, we, we bring out every time we have a ribbon cutting. Um, but we're really hoping to animate the new spaces by working with our partners and kind of highlighting some of the services and programs. So we will have um, ongoing story times for children in, in the new uh, children's area. Uh, we're also going to be doing uh, photography and other programming in the new maker space. Mm-hmm. And we've one of the things that we were kind of happy about was that we've partnered with one of the culinary programs um, at the Limestone District School Board. Oh, and fun. so they're going to be making uh, cookies for us. So lots of cookies so they've I think they've started already and they're very excited about it are they going to be in book shape uh no we actually have um little ones with a little logo on them oh cool excellent so anyway so they're they're very excited about this this (laughs) initiative um we're also um have um a partnership with um, Hometown Kingston and so one of their outreach workers um, will be coming to uh, Central on I think Monday mornings and Mm -hmm. so just reaching out to anybody who she can talk about some of the resources in the community for them and so she's going to be uh, there as well but it is really uh, as I said trying to animate the new spaces and highlight some of the the changes and to the services and programs. That's fantastic. So do you have anything else that you would like to add about the reopening or uh, the Kingston Frontenac Public Library overall that you'd like uh, Queens and community members to know? Well, I would certainly encourage all Queens community members um, to come and see the new library if they are not already um, enrolled at one of the other libraries um, to come down and see Uh, the new central branch, get a library card, start using the library. It's a great place. It's it's a wonderful way to meet people in the community as well, uh, in the community that is beyond Queens. So definitely um, 
I, I hope we'll, people will come out. Okay. And I think just to kind of remind her that as a resident of Kingston, um, there's no charge for library cards. So we just bring in some ID with your address or your Queen's card and we will be happy to give you a card. And one of the other things I, I didn't mention, um, we have a new adult advisory board and so they um, they help us out in terms of designing and developing programs for, um, for new adults. And so I know we do have some Queen's students who are involved with that and we'd love to have more students come out and tell us how we can meet their needs um, in terms of public library service. Well, thank you very much. Patricia Enright, Chief Librarian, and Monica Stewart, Board Chair for the Kingston Frontenac Public Library Board of Directors, as well as Chair of the Central Branch Project Committee. We do appreciate your time coming in and sharing everything about the reopening. We're very excited for you. Thank you, Dinah. Thanks, Thanks for having us. And thank you for tuning into campus beat for another fabulous episode uh, this week we'll see you next week but we're going to sign off right now with book of love by the monotones uh, from 1958 enjoy we'll see you next week i wonder wonder who, 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 who wrote the book of No.